the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get to a Thursday show. Let me tell you, as I was growing up, as a lot of you know, as I've given you a little of the history of uh, of Dave Ellswick, I wasn't born in Arkansas nor raised here. I, I was raised Southern. My mother was from Louisville, Kentucky. My dad from Charleston, West Virginia. So I grew up with sweet tea, having uh, cornbread and sugar and milk mixed together and having that for a dessert, having you know, eating, you know, beans and eating fried bologna sandwiches. And, yes, you have to cut the bologna three, in three different spots so it doesn't bowl up on you while it's in the frying pan. So there's, you know, I grew up southern, and I love the south, have always loved the south. And uh, that's why I've been here for 23 years. Good to be here. But I grew up, I, I was born and grew up in Gary, Indiana. That is where I was born, you know. The Music Man, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, you know, that whole song. 21 trombones, led the big parade, all of that. And here's what I'll tell you about Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana was a kind of a mecca in its day. It was a city right there on the lip of Lake Michigan, next to the steel mills. You had uh, U.S. Steel, you had uh, Inland Bethlehem, and you had Youngstown Sheet and Tube. And it was a mecca for black businesses. Black, I mean, my dad, we used to go over there, go shopping all the time, and it was fantastic. And then along came a president in the early 60s, was in the White House only because the president who had been duly elected had been assassinated, Lyndon Baines Johnson. And Lyndon Baines Johnson sold the American people on a thing called, uh, you know, the New Society. One of the lines out of the New Society was not to bend, spindle, or mutilate because everything was done by Big Blue, the IBM computer. And he made some moves on welfare because he was one. He said he was going to end poverty in America. And we've got a special guest on today, William Allen, who's edited, uh, editor of a new book called The State of Black America. And he touches on, uh, he doesn't, I don't think he touches specifically on Gary. But let me tell you what, you know, you look at Tulsa, you look at Gary, Indiana, you look at a lot of different places. And 
black people have done very well in this country. Have there been white people that have tried to keep them under their thumb? Yes, they have. But the the black folks have uh, have done a great job in persevering. And that's why, you know, Martin Luther King was so important in in preaching and teaching the, the things that he taught. So let's welcome William Allen with us. Uh, this is a man who is the resident scholar, the former chief uh, operating officer of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. And uh, Mr. Allen, thanks for giving us the time today with this uh, series of essays, The State of Black America. Uh, and this is from the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. How are you this morning? I am well, and good morning, Dave. It's wonderful to be with you, and I want to thank you for having me. And thank you for that marvelous monologue, that introduction to the book, which sums up a tremendously powerful story, which story is told in detail in the book. Yeah, it's it's really incredible to me. I It hurts my heart because uh, the... You know, the black culture has is an integral part of America. It really, really is. And they have done so well. And I grew up with black people and, and had great friends from uh, that were black. And I, I, I don't understand Black Lives Matter and some of these other people that are around now. I got to believe that Dr. King wouldn't understand Black Lives Matter. What do you think about that? Well, I'll have to take you back to where you were before when you mentioned Lyndon Johnson. It was Lyndon Johnson in 1965 who made the statement, equal opportunity is not enough. Mm -hmm. When he made that statement, he was announcing to black communities all across America, you cannot do it. We have to do it for you. And it's that attitude that the government has to do it for us or that non-blacks have to take care of black folk that has caused, that has injected really poison into the veins of American society. So our our present situation, because that's what we're concerned with in the book, Black America, is that we're bearing the burden of a poison injected into people's minds, into the communities. And therefore, they have internalized the sense that America is not our home. America, we don't have confidence in. Why? We don't have confidence in ourselves. We don't believe that we can thrive here. So people even forget that in the Tulsa massacre, the people who were massacred were not helpless, impotent individuals. They were entrepreneurs who were successful. Yes. In the darkest days of the country, I want to remind you of that and all of our listeners, we're talking about the period after slavery when enforced segregation had been put in place, Jim Crow, when lynching, open lynching, not hidden lynching, where people had to hide and try to obey the law, but open lynching with the help of the law was pervasive, and where every effort was made legally to restrain the movement and improvement of black life. In that very period, we saw dramatic improvement, and we tell that story in the book. We saw what is called an upswing in the social science literature. We saw them achieve remarkable degrees of literacy, uh, family formation, population growth. And these things all began to reverse as we approached the 1960s with a number of things. Lyndon Johnson was one of them. Targeted abortion in black communities, which turned back population growth was another of them. And of course, there was a leadership strata in the black community, and even Dr. King fell prey to this, that began to teach your victim, Mm -hmm. dependent victim, 
not agents who can do it for themselves. Yeah, Frederick Douglass, one of the great uh, black American thinkers during the time of Abraham Lincoln. He and Lincoln had kind of a on-again, off-again relationship. Somebody asked him about, after the Emancipation Proclamation, what the government should do for black Americans, and he said, quote, get out of their way, unquote. That's exactly right. Leave us alone. Booker T. Washington made a similar statement. Leave us alone. Why? It's a simple thing, and I tell this in the book, Dave. From the mountaintop, you can't tell what's going on in the valley. It just looks like a mess to you. Down in the valley, there is ferment. There's broiling activity. There are people who are creative and who are doing things who are going to climb that mountain one day. And so it's very important for the people at the mountaintop not to squelch the people in the valley. And Booker T. Washington was a valley philosopher. He wasn't a mountaintop philosopher the way W.E.B. Du Bois was, who looked for the talented tent. And that principle, let the people in the valley grow, that is the story of America. So Frederick Douglass and Ida B. Wells in 1893, when the Columbia Exposition was taking place in Chicago, said, you're keeping us out of this and you're making a big mistake because not only can we not tell our story, we can't tell your story. For we, since slavery, have demonstrated the strength and resilience of the United States, of the American heritage. That is still true. That's, uh, you know, we just don't hear these stories. We don't hear the way that you're explaining black America. What is the state of black America today? Let me just kind of really get going now in our interview uh, with this, with you talking about that. Well, the, the bottom line and what we reinforce in the book is to say that uh, there are two Americas, black and non-black, and they are rapidly becoming one. Not all black, and certainly not a majority of minorities, because what's really happening in America at a phenomenal rate is the absorption of all the streams of culture into a mainstream culture. That is the present state. We are being absorbed into a mainstream culture. And the question for us today is, are we ready to play our role in that? Are we ready to show the patriotism to this country that can save the country, that can carry the country forward? So we think the most critical, the most important thing at this moment is to summon black patriotism. You know, the same publisher in Counterpubs recently published a book before ours called uh, Please Stop Helping Us by Jason Riley. And in many ways, I want people to think of this book as a sequel to that. Not that Riley has anything to do with it, but where he said, please stop helping us, we're saying, let us help you. Because we need to resurrect confidence in black communities and in America as a whole in black patriotism in order to see that America succeeds. It's amazing. Going to come back, going to talk for the rest of this half hour with William B. Allen. He has put this book together, The State of Black America. It's from the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. I've just started scratching the surface of it. It looks like it's going to be a wonderful read. I'm looking forward to, you know, sitting down at night before I go to bed. An hour before I go to bed, I read every night. And uh, that helps me get through a lot of books during the course of the year. But... uh, the state of black America is not what Black Lives Matter says. I'm just telling you that. That is not the truth. They're lying to you. Let's come back. We'll talk further uh, with Mr. Allen here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Pat Davis uh, wants you to remind uh, you that uh, he can get you a big break on health insurance, 30 50% off. 
He can help you with whatever provider that you have uh, here in the nation. He can get you no co-pays. Uh, he can take care of uh, deductibles. I mean, what good is it to have, you know, a good priced piece of health insurance and you have a deductible of eight to $10,000? How often are you going to be able to even scratch the surface to use your health insurance? It's no good to you at all. So talk to Pat about this. He's going to help you along with this. You just call him at 501 605 6935 and he'll help you out. Go to your health plan man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. And here on this uh, Thursday morning, we're talking with William B. Allen. He uh, from the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, new book out series of essays, The State of Black America. I'm going to highly recommend uh, that you read this book, that you get a hold of it and and learn some real history and learn about where black America is today and then what are the ideas of to take it into the future. And and those are the three tenets of, of this book, I do believe. So let's we, we talked a little bit about where is black America today, Mr. Allen. How about telling us uh, something about black Americans and how they're faring in America today. I think the short answer to that question is that American uh, blacks have moved steadily into the midstream, the middle class in the United States, and therefore have a more secure footing than ever before. But it is at the same time true that there's one fundamental inequality in our country that needs to be confronted. And that's the inequality between people who believe in themselves, who have an I-can-do-it sense of agency, and who trust in self-government, and those who can't. And unfortunately, in American black communities, and they see this often even from pulpits, that sense of agency, that I-can-do-it, I got this, is not present in the degree it should be because of the poison I spoke about earlier of dependent victimhood. That is a sense of inequality that needs to be overcome. But the others are questions that we have dealt with and are dealing with. Yes, it would be much better if we didn't target black communities with abortion. That means the population would return to the growth profile it had previously and that the population would become stronger. But it's more important to understand that what's happening is we are seeing a society which is absorbing all of its elements like a great chemistry experiment. When you mix a solvent and a solute together, you get a solution. That doesn't look like the solvent or the solute. It looks like something in between. And that's what's happening in the United States at the moment. Well, what do we do with the black community? Because Lyndon Baines Johnson, with his great society that he wanted to bring to America, which I uh, argue wasn't such a great society after all, and I think we've seen that, it causes a whole lot of problems. One of the problems was it tore the black family apart, and you're still paying for that. That's certainly a big part of it. We know that the the original welfare program, AFDC, was not actually designed for black communities. It was Roosevelt's in the era of the Depression. But it eventually came especially to bear heavily on black communities, so much so that people began to think that poverty meant being black. Well, that was never really true. In real numbers, there were always more poor people who were non-black than were black. But the fact is, we treated it as a black problem, and therefore, through the Great Society, we got right into the heart of black communities 
and disable them from governing themselves. What do communities need? They need public safety. What do they need? They need economic opportunity. What do they need? They need cultural enrichment. What do they need? They need educational advancement. And these are the very things that have been taken out of the hands of many black communities. And where they are now in the hands, for example, where you have black mayors and attorneys general or district attorneys and uh, superintendents of education, they are in the fall of a new wokeism where racism with a capital R is the only thing they seem to have any conception of rather than the capital R in responsibility. And so we can say going forward we need to take apart this poisonous injection of racism into every aspect of American life. We don't have to deny that there are racist states. We know there are racists, but there is no capital racism. There is no systemic racism. And the racists do not prevent the non-racists from being able to secure their own communities and to live lives and put an end to crime and to improve education. Let's talk about wokeism, because wokeism is like reading the book 1984 with a rewriting of American history completely. And they tell people lies, and they give them a completely different uh, narrative. For instance, 1619, or uh, CRT, and a lot of other things that are in our school systems now. How do we turn those type of thoughts around? I mean, these are just falsehoods that are being taught. They are falsehoods. i got to tell you, I've got good news for you. Most people can see that they're falsehoods. Most people know that the United States' founding was an affirmation of humanity, of the capability of human beings for self-government. Yes, originally there was a cancer in the United States. That cancer was called slavery. But that cancer was recognized, and it required radical surgery to remove it. But that radical surgery was performed. And now, better than 150 years further on, we could say we're in remission. That cancer is gone. But we've got to deal with the new cancer now. And the new cancer is the wokeness. And most people are seeing that it is a cancer, but we haven't figured out yet exactly whether we need chemotherapy or surgery in order to get rid of it. But we start that process with chemo. We start with the mildest treatment, and the chemo is education. It is getting the argument out there. It is letting people see for themselves what the true history of the country is. Final question for you. So what are the main obstacles now for black success? We've got about three minutes remaining here. What is it that the black community needs to do to finally be able to grab the brass ring of of their future? I think the single most important thing that is required today is a restoration of confidence throughout the entire country in black patriotism. Because it is true that to a very high degree, if you poll in black communities, you will discover people will say things such as they don't have confidence in the United States. They don't believe that they are in a place that is beneficial to their lives. At at the same time, I point out to people that the exits are not crowded. There's no no one rushing to leave. So deep down inside, the people who say these things don't really believe them. And it's important for us to pull out of them what they actually believe, namely this is the land of opportunity. And yes, we've had a government structured now since 1932 at a minimum that cheats us of opportunity, that steals opportunity, or that says, as Vincent Johnson did, equal opportunity is not enough. But we've got to change that. We've got to put ourselves back in 
people. We've got to show that self-government works. And we have to do that, not simply for the sake of black communities. You have to understand that what's really at stake in this is America itself. For where we allow this process to continue to go in black communities is where America is headed, unless we turn it around. Wow, that, that is articulated very well. Mr. Allen, thank you for giving us the time today. I look forward to reading the whole book, and uh, that's going to be it's, it, it looks like it's going to be incredible. But we appreciate your, uh, your defense and, and, of course, your great words of where the, where the progress must happen here in the United States of America. Thanks for the time today. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. We appreciate you. All right. William Allen, again, editor of the new book, The State of Black America. Uh, it's out there at all the bookstores. It's out on the on the internet. You can order it. You know, get it for your Kindle. I carry mil- uh, hundreds of books in my hand everywhere I go, every day, uh, with my Kindle. Put it on your Kindle and read this. This is really good stuff that you need to uh, know about. And what is the state of Black America? Uh, from the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. What I really like is the the kind of the sidebar to it. it says progress pitfalls, and the promise of the republic. And a little party says it's in the 21st century. It's dangerous to ask the wrong questions about the state of black America. We asked the right questions today, just so you'll know. A lot of people don't like the answers that Mr. Allen just gave. I'm telling you that right now. All right, let's get to uh, the news at the bottom of the hour. Then I'll be back. I got uh, several things to talk to you about. Joe and Duck will be around at 7 o'clock. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. A little bit of history for you for today. I thought maybe you'd be interested in hearing this. The uh, British invasion started today of music into America. The first British single ever to be the number one song on the uh, top 100 of Billboard magazine hit hit the charts today. And no, it wasn't the Beatles. And no, it wasn't the Dave Clark Five or the Stones or any of those other groups uh, that uh, made such huge changes to American music over the years. No, it came from a guy by the name of Acker Bilk. You remember Acker Bilk? I do. I I had uh, I used to play a song. His big song was "Stranger on the Shore," and it was a uh, instrumental that. Uh, Featured Mr. Bilk playing the um, saxophone. It was a, great, it was a good song. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was a good song. Uh, you, if, if I had had Heidi play it today, you'd go, you got to be kidding me. No, music was different back. Radio was different back uh, in the early 60s. In the early 60s and uh, through the, uh, the beginning of the 70s, Radio hasn't hadn't fractured the way it has now. I mean, when you've got channels for every kind of music in the world, and when you turn to it, and that's the only kind of music you hear. Uh, when AM was king, uh, you'd go to um, the the local station, and you might hear, uh, let's just say, Jimi Hendrix playing, and then the next song um, might be Frank Sinatra. That's the way the music went uh, back. Uh, in the day, and I think we were better for it because you got to hear all kinds of different music. But interestingly, that the number one British song to hit the number one mark 
uh, in uh, radio in America. In 1962, the British invasion began with a guy by the name of Ackerbilk. And no, he didn't have another big number one hit ever again. All right? It didn't, didn't happen for him. Uh, back in 1897, uh, a book that still has effects on people today, and I hope that you've read this book, Dracula was released uh, by its author, uh, Bram Stoker. And uh, up until his death in 1912, it, it, it sold moderately. But was never it wasn't even mentioned in his obituary. Just so you'll know, he wrote some ninety books, and didn't, they didn't even mention Dracula. Uh, his main uh, uh, claim to fame was that uh, there was an actor in Britain, and he was his manager. But in 1930, a guy by the name of Todd Browning and Universal Studios saw a play on stage that, st- that, uh, that starred a Hungarian actor by the name of Bela Lugosi. And they made it into a movie. And, of course, Dracula was released in theaters. And since that time, Dracula has been an integral part of movies and, uh, you know, uh, a whole lot of different uh, books and and uh, streaming and everything now. I mean, you, there's just tons, tons of Dracula stuff. Uh, vampires, big business, huge business. You know, you go into the 60s, you had uh, the Hammer films that came out and Christopher Lee and uh, all the great movies he did. Uh, as I think he's the best Dracula personally. I think he's the best Dracula. Uh, then you had Anne Rice came across, came on the scene, and she wrote a book that became a huge bestseller, became a huge movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, called Interview with a Vampire. Big, big, big book. And then uh, on television, exploded on TV, uh, Dark Shadows. Remember Dark Shadows and Barnabas? He was a vampire. Then you had Buffy the the Vampire Hunter. That was big on television. And uh, into in the 21st century, Twilight. A, a huge series of movies uh, that did big box office. And you had glittering vampires. And then uh, vampires just continue to go on. I mean, uh, Netflix did a series on, on, uh, on, on Dracula. I think it was two seasons long. It was pretty doggone good. So anyway, uh, Dracula made his uh, debut in book form uh, all the way back in 1897. That tells you if you if you get a good idea, it can stick around for a long, long time. And I I see more Dracula movies and more vampire movies to be made. Tell you what else. I see. I don't see zombies ever disappearing as well. Zombies are going to be with us forever now uh, as, as far as a, the horror genre goes. They give it twists and turns and all the rest, but it's still uh, just a huge, huge part of movies and books that are out there. And that's the zomba, a zombie genre that's out there. All right, so 
what else is going on in uh, the the world today? Well, I really thought that yesterday, uh, Beto Norok made a, a horse's patoot out of himself. The they had a, a news conference there in Uvalde, and the families were there of the of the victims. Uh, the community was there, very close knit community, as is normally the case when you have small towns. And everybody was together, and the mayor of the town, when uh, the uh, governor came, and he was going to speak that day during the uh, press conference, asked him not to get into any politics. And he didn't. He just started talking about uh, what had happened and, you know, his condolences for the people, things of that nature. And Beto had two people save him a seat. Right up in front. And he snuck in. If you watch the whole press conference, you'll see him sneak in and sit down. And then all of a sudden he pops up. And he took a situation that was about that community, about their kids that had been killed, and tried to make it about himself. And the people were not happy. The mayor, who is a a Democrat told him to get out of the... He, he, well, let me try to say it how he said. You're nothing but an SOB. Get out of here. Leave. And uh, they escorted him from uh, the room. I know that Biden is going to go down there. I, I highly recommend that he does not try to politicize this because if he tries to politicize it, he'll wish that he had not. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm came out Here's, and she said, and what the president said just a couple of days ago. Remember, he talked about the the uh, in, incredible uh, transition that was was occurring, and uh, goes to show. I think that they're they're raising gas prices. The government is doing everything they can uh, to shut her down uh, oil and petroleum so that they can force prices up to try to move us into, um, you know, electric cars and all the rest, into green energy. And she said yesterday that soaring gas prices are a major reason why the U.S. economy must transition away from fossil fuels and towards green energy. Now, this is a false argument. The only reason we have skyrocketing gas prices... Now, a little bit of the problem is because of what Putin has done. Going to be one of the first people to say that, I'll admit it. But the main reason why our gas prices have gone up the way they have, we have a president that shut down pipelines. We've got uh, governors shutting down pipelines. We have uh, the president of the United States making it difficult for the gas and oil industry to get out and drill and produce energy. You have a president that's talking to banks not to finance gas and oil companies. And we can go on and on. Now, if you put that kind of pressure on the gas and oil industry and they can't produce what they could produce, they have to produce less than what they're capable of, you will cause a shortage. And when you cause the shortage, supply and demand, when the the supply goes down and demand is there, and it's, it's big, 
then prices go up. has nothing to do about green energy, except that this is for these people that are, you know, that worship at the altar of green uh, energy are trying to uh, force us towards a green future quicker than we can go to it. I mean, Elon Musk, it, it would pay him gazillions of dollars if everybody went out and bought an electric car uh, tomorrow and bought a Tesla or whatever. And he's make it made it very clear to the president of the United States that's not how the future is going to come. You don't have the infrastructure for electric cars. You don't have a lot of things for electric cars. You don't know how you're going to get rid of the batteries. You don't know how a lot of things have got to go. And nobody's talking about all of that. And if you force us into it earlier than when we're able and capable to support it, you think you got an energy shortage now because you, you know, gasoline's expensive? Wait till you see your electric bill when it goes up because you plug in your car at home. She was speaking to reporters during a press conference in Golden, Colorado. They announced a $38 million investment by the Department of Energy to decarbonize its national laboratories. And she said that continuing concern about rising prices at the pump was an exclamation point on the need to accelerate the transition away from fossil fuels. No, we don't have to have an exclamation point there by doing it that way. All you're going to do is cause all kinds of problems for the American consumer. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing wants to take good care of your roof for you. Uh, if you didn't have damage during the... Uh, uh, hailstorm that came through here a few weeks ago. Uh, you may still, maybe in you know, 15, 17 years since you had uh, a new roof put on, maybe you need to have your roof checked and make sure that it's good for you to to, to get it fixed. Uh, you may not have to tear the, the wood off the top of the building, but you may need some new shingles, need some new felt, and PI Roofing can tell you everything that you need to get a roof on to your home that will not leak. If you've noticed some discoloration on your ceiling or on your wall, or you've seen a little wall uh, water at the bottom at the baseboards, could be have a leak, need to find it. PI Roofing can do that for you. All you got to do is call them, same way I do. The only people that walk on my roof is PI Roofing. 501, you give them a call at their, at their phone number. 501-707-3551, or visit them online, piroofing.com. Hey, you know, you may be thinking about a security system for your, your home. Let me highly recommend ICU Protection. This is who I've uh, chosen. Uh, Billy Mack, uh, his people came out to my house a couple of weeks ago. I've got the uh, the system in my house now. Got a couple of cameras. All of my windows and uh, doors have uh, the sensors on it, so... If somebody opens a door or a, or a window and it's armed, uh, gives them about 30 seconds and then all heck's going to break loose and I'll be notified and uh, the police will be notified that there's somebody that's there that should not be there. Uh, Billy Mack uh, knows that you like these cameras. He's got the best cameras that you can get, 1080p cameras. They are clear. You can see uh, everything. I, I saw that I had uh, somebody on my driveway 
at uh, about 2.35 this morning. It was a squirrel out partying late late at night out on my driveway, running around in circles, acting a fool. I don't know. Worries me sometimes when I see them. I wonder where they're having the party at. But the bottom, bottom line, it uh, it turned on the um, the system, and I could see what was going on. And uh, now I now I now I know I got partying squirrels somewhere uh, out in my yard, some somewhere. Uh, but if somebody's trying to break into your house or whatever, uh, they pull up in the driveway. They're going to be uh, on camera, and they're going to be stored in the cloud. And I can show that to the police, and they can identify because it's clean. It's really clean. You can make out people's faces very, very easily uh, on the uh, this, the security system that I have and that you would have as well. You give Billy Mack a call, 501-205-1333. That's uh, 501-205-1333. Somebody come out uh, and uh, talk to you about this. Remember that all of the hardware that they put in your house, that's yours. You, you don't have to buy it. It's free, and it goes, uh, it, it, it's yours. You keep it. You pay for service. Everybody has to pay for service on a security system. So you pay for your service, but you never pay for the hardware. That's Billy Mac and ICU Protection, 501-205-1333. That's the way I went. I think it would be a good way for you to go as well. All right, big movie that's opening this weekend. And I'll touch on uh, a movie uh, since I won't be here tomorrow to talk with Matt about movies. But uh, big movie opening uh, this uh, this weekend. Uh, it's going to be on the screen tonight. I'm going to go see it. 36 years, finally, the sequel to Top Gun. This is called Top Gun Maverick. And uh, I went to uh, RottenTomatoes.com to check out what the critics were saying about it. I had heard that in Cannes, uh, at the film festival, they were amazed by the movie and uh, gave it a very long standing ovation. And uh, of all the critics, and there, there are quite a few that have chimed in already, 98% of it called it fresh and great. 98%. Very few m- movies get an 88%. Uh, not kind of 98%. The one guy that I read that didn't like it, it wasn't that he didn't like the movie. That's what I thought was interesting. Uh, He said that the cinematography was fantastic, the the script was good, uh, the story was, you know, good, and uh, it was an enjoyable movie. However, it starred Tom Cruise, and he he does not like Tom Cruise. Made that very clear in uh, in in his critical remarks. Did not like Tom Cruise. Doesn't doesn't like the way Tom Cruise makes movies and everything is always about Tom Cruise. But Tom Cruise, let me let me let's talk about Tom Cruise for a moment. All right, Tom Cruise is one of the final big movie stars out of Hollywood. He's a guy that if he's involved in a movie, people pay attention. I just saw yesterday the the trailer for the new Mission Impossible movie that's coming out next year. It looks incredible. I'm just saying it it looks um, as an action movie it looks fantastic. 
I thought it was interesting that it's uh, Mission Impossible. I forget what the the exact name of it is, but it's part one. There's gonna be, it's going to be a two-part movie, kind of like Dune, I guess. But uh, they're going to end it on a cliffhanger, and then we'll have to wait to the following year to, to see what happens. But because Tom Cruise is in it, and, uh, of course, he's got a great supporting cast for that movie, same people that have been in all the other Mission Impossible movies, basically, and it's going to be a fun movie to go watch. I'll, I'll be one of the first people to buy a ticket to go see it. I like Tom Cruise and the movies he makes. Now, do I do I think Tom Cruise is a great, cool guy? I don't know. I don't hang out with Tom Cruise. But you know, I don't I don't hear him getting up and and making any big political statements or anything. He makes good movies, so I like to go see him. And uh, the other thing that this guy didn't like, he didn't like the militarism of Top Gun. It's a movie, okay? It's a movie. Come on, dude. Is it a good movie or isn't it? Not that you don't like the military or you don't like Tom Cruise. Is it a good movie? And he admitted in his review it was a good movie. But he gave it a a, a splat instead of a fresh tomato, just so you know. I'm going to see it tonight. I'm looking forward to it. It looks good to me. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And so uh, as we go to the news at the top of the hour and we wait for Joe and Duck to get here, Uh, Let's hear a little music from uh, Top Gun from back in the 80s. I got goosebumps listening to uh, Loggins there doing Danger Zone. I really did. I'm looking forward to seeing Top Gun Maverick tonight. All right. That's going to be fun. Did you guys go? Both of you have seen Top Gun, right? Yeah, sure. Did you go to the movies to see it? No. You didn't go see it at the big screen? No. All right. 
Does, did Susan like the, the, the volleyball scene? I I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Most women love the volleyball yeah. scene. They really, really do. <laughs> this one looks like they're playing football. They're going along the beach and yeah. tossing a football around. Of course, now the difference in this movie and the last movie, there are female fighter pilots at yeah. the school as well. They take part of this. But I, I got a kick out of that uh, that critic. Boy, he, you know, they did a good job of of uh, you know doing the the movie. Uh, the, the cinematography's great. Uh, using uh, not using CGI special effects, but crews, you know, you know, film, you know, flew his own plane. But they had the cameras in the cockpit, and they had to have special classes for the actors and actresses about how how to look at the cameras and stuff so that they could film it as a pilot would. You know, be under those kinds of G's and all of that. And it was, this guy didn't like it because he hated the military and he hated Tom Cruise. (laughs) Well, dude, it's about Top Gun Maverick. It's not about Cruise and it's not about, you know, whether it's about the military or not. It's about how good's the movie. Have they got the motorcycle scene in it, Dave? Oh, yeah, there's a scene in it where he comes, he goes to the garage and he gets on his motorcycle and he's going down the runway again. You know, there's some nice callbacks, from what I understand, in the movie. I mean, Val Kilmer is in the movie. Yes. Val Kilmer can hardly talk. He had throat uh, cancer, throat cancer, and uh, they took his larynx out. The the Val Kilmer you're you're going to hear is uh, all done by computer. His voice is done by computer. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing the movie. You know, my my son-in-law was kind of making fun of it, and I said, stop it. You're talking about a, a great film here. Stop it. <laughs> I remember all the people, poor, poor saps, that went into the Navy. <laughs> because of it. Because of Top Gun, because they wanted to, they wanted to fly one of them jets. Now, you know, you join the Navy, you're not probably going to fly a jet. <laughs> it's probably few happen. Yeah, you may be on the aircraft carrier and working on the device that catapults the jet. But you're not going to be on the jet, you know. I, I, I tested, and I couldn't do it because I don't have uh, the high depth perception that you have to be able to have to be able to fly a jet. You know, when you're doing, I, I don't know what their max speed is. It's, it's fast, five or six Mach. Yeah, and uh, you know, that that mountain that's out there, a couple miles away, comes quick. <laughs> you know, you need to pick that up pretty fast. So, no, I didn't get to be a pilot. So I did what I do best, and I was in armed forces radio and uh, public affairs. That's what I did when I was in the military. So anyway, let's move on. Got Joe. Got Duck uh, here. It's good to see Duck. Yeah, it is. He was uh, he was over here showing off his scar. I still got staples in. Yeah, showing showing his scar. And I told him, you know, there's some women who find that very very. You know, uh, sexy. Not if they had to have it done, they won't. <laughs> yeah, you should go. You're going to want to go see that new movie that's coming out. That's about uh, people altering their bodies in ways. I'll pass. You know, I wouldn't alter this one if I needed it. A third, a third of the audience walked out on the movie because it grossed them out so bad. You know, mm-hmm. but that's the way he, 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 the movies are. That well, the doctor asked does. me, "Did I want a video of him 
Oh, doing it. I told him no. Isn't that bizarre? I don't want to watch. D- D- Gillum, Dr. Gillum, who did my shoulders, said, you know, we make DVRs at this day, but, you, uh, you know, or DV, you know, DVDs. Do you want yeah. one? And I go, no. <laughs> you go ahead and do what you got to do. I don't want to see what you do. He asked me after he did my uh, my left shoulder. He says, is your chest feeling okay? I said, yeah. He says, well, I had to get up on you, get up on top of you while I was working <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's like me. I, t- I went and seen the doctor last Thursday morning, and I told the doctor, I said, look, this, you know, this is the fourth time it's been open and closed. And I said, the, the first three times it never turned black and blue and green yeah. and purple. And I said, but this time, I said, what would you do? You use a sledgehammer instead of a small hammer and beat on it quite regularly? He said, I did beat on it pretty heavily to get the old pieces off. I bet you that was the key. Probably it was fused to the bone. Well, that was what they just put on, but he said, you know, it was basically two pieces of plastic stuck over the end of the bone and glued to it. He said, I had to use a reciprocating saw and a hammer and a chisel. Mm. Did he say Black & Decker? And he said, <laughs> I asked him, I said, it was clean, wouldn't it? And he said, oh, yeah. yeah. I worked at my house the day before, but we sterilized it for the operation. <laughs> but, you know, but... It's bending. I got it bending 112 degrees. Good, man. I'm glad to hear this. It's, it's walking, but I, I'm still walking slow because it ain't quite got caught back up with you. But it, it, it's okay. It's, you know what's really good is seeing you walking the way you are without grimacing. Yes. You, you went, it, there was a point in time that every step you took, you oh, were in major pain. It's, it's, it's been a long six months, Dave. Huh? And they do, you know, they they call it that minor surgery kind of now because they do them so so often. Oh yeah. And like I always remind people, it ain't minor if you're the person they're doing it to. <laughs> you ain't just woofing. It's but you major know, surgery. At but that you know, point. Dave, I, you know, they kept me in the hospital for two days. Yeah. And the nurses kept coming in there, and it's the same nurses I had back in January. Okay. So they all, you know, they know me, so they come in there, Don. You need some pain medicine? Nope, I'm fine. What's your pain level? Maybe a one, maybe a one and a half. Ah, good. And they'd look at me like, "You just had a knee replacement." Yeah, yeah, I know. They do that to me too. And I said, "Look, High it hurt so bad before. This is a skip and a hop to get by with it." Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, after I had my open heart surgery, they kept asking me, and then finally, I, I just threw my hands up and I said, "What do you want me to tell you?" Take this. And I took it, and it knocked me for a loop. <laughs> and I told them, I'm not taking one of those again. I, when we got ready to go home the other day from the hospital, the nurse come in there. Her name is Amy, and she come in there, and she said, um, how long you got to ride home? I said, oh, about 30 minutes. She said, well, let me give you this shot. And said, it, you know, it'll help you going home. Time I got home, I thought Tracy was going to have to wake me up out of the truck to get me in the house. I mean, he, yeah, I took a Percocet, and I'm telling you what, it took me into. It looked like a Doctor Strange movie. That's, <laughs> I got home that's and, what it seemed and like. walked to the bedroom and crawled back into bed and slept. About three hours, Tracy come back there and woke me up. She said, "Are you all right?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "I don't know what was in that shot, but I went right on to sleep." Yeah, probably probably fentanyl or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, did you see where they stopped the car yesterday? Out in, I think it was Arizona, somewhere out in New Mexico. Where they had the pills in the car. 500,000 fentanyl pills. 
Was that the one with the, they were in the tires? No, these was in the back in the trunk. Oh, okay. And the kid and the two kids is in the back seat and two women in the front seat. It's a bad problem down there. There's no doubt about that. Joe, how have you been doing? I'm all right, Dave. You're looking good. Look at his Thank glasses, you. Dave. I'm looking at him. My other one's a screw fell out. I'm, I'm wearing <laughs> shades right yeah, now. Yeah. Check it out, folks. He's being ladies, he's, ladies, he's he's married. Okay. <laughs> Can we call him Hollywood today? Let's call him Hollywood. I, I don't show, need right? that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to be nowhere near Hollywood. I don't want to be called Hollywood. Hollywood. That's more yeah. it's Hollywood. I don't want weird. nothing to do with him out there. Uh-uh. All right. Let's start off with the 2013 Chevy Cruze, shall we? Yeah. Uh, four-cylinder, 1.8-liter. Joseph says, uh, what will a shop charge to replace a front axle seal parts and labor? Ah, it's about two hundred dollars, ain't it, Doug? Yeah, two to two to three hundred dollars tax and all. Yeah, you're going to have to do that once in a while on your car. I keep, I've got a pop in the front when my car, and Joe can't figure out what it is. I mean, we, he's been looking for a long time, haven't you? Well, let's talk just a minute about pops and creaks. Okay, and here you go. Rattles noises. and clangs and bangs. If you drive a car and and you hear it on a certain type of road or uh, like going off an uneven surface up one wheel going up one wheel going down and you hear a noise hearing it's one thing pulling it back in the shop and finding it is another because <laughs> totally different the car weighs three four thousand pounds and us bouncing it in there with our arms we can't simulate that no can't only, even get close only thing we can do and and is check it to see if we see anything worn out and then if we do see something worn out, you take your sound that you heard and your eye and you say, that could possibly cause this noise. But if it's worn out, it needs to be replaced anyway. So you replace that part and go drive it. And, of course, you know, a lot of the pops and creeks are intermittent, which means they don't always do it, depending uh-huh. on the weather outside, right. or whether it's dry or if it's been Wet. raining or whatever. That makes it difficult, doesn't it, Doug? Every day it's difficult. You know, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I, you know, because I thought it was a boot. That's what I thought it was, mm-hmm. because I, I had cars that the boot's gone out, and that's the kind of noise that it made. And Joe checked it out and said, nope, that's not what it is. We do, I don't know what. He just finally looked at me and said, I don't know what it is. I can't find it. Russell had a customer come in. He's got a 2014 Ford truck. It's got 100-and-something thousand miles on it. And he said, this thing, when you get on a little rough road, he said it clangs and bangs and rattles and squeaks and pops. Russell looked at him. He said, yeah, it needs body mounts in it. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you don't understand. He said, no, you don't quite understand. So <laughs> I'm telling he, you what the problem is. He there, walks him it? out there and lays down on the ground, and he takes snaps a picture with his phone, gets out, and he said, needs a body mount kit put on it. He said, and we don't put the one from Ford. We put the aftermarket, the aftermarket neoprene bushings on them. So from they'll bumper last. to bumper, right? No, he has to get these from somewhere. I don't remember, some okay. four-wood drive place. But uh, – and the guy said, well, how long does it take to put them in? He said, about a day. The cab's got to come off and mm-hmm. pick the cab up, put them on, put them back down. And the guy said, well, when can you do it? So he's supposed to be in next week. He's got the bushings in yesterday. So, right. And the guy said, I can't believe them bushings is already wore out. And Russell walks him over in the shop, and he said, there's one, there's one, mm-hmm. there's one. Cab's already off doing other stuff to him. And now we got now where if we figure like one of them got to have a high pressure pump put on it, he just figures a set of bushings along with it. So how how many miles you get out of a set of bushings? You figure the one from the factory they get somewhere around seventy eighty thousand miles, maybe a hundred. Yeah, 
and, and if you're and if you're if you're out and you're you're pulling cargo, you're going to do hundred thousand miles in heartbeat. Dave, you know you know what the difference in that is. If you had a 1974 Ford truck, the cabin body bushings on it today will probably still be good. Oh yeah, the ones that Ford put on on the late models, they absolutely deteriorate and rot. They're made out of the cheapest-looking rubber. Lowest bidder. Yeah, exactly. The, what the you talk, we've talked about that yep. about tires. Yep. yep. The cheapest that they can get is what they put on. And I had, Joe, you remember when the Chevrolet come out, it had the little quick connect on the heater hose on the intake? Yeah. I mean, they was pop metal, mm-hmm. and they would last twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 miles and break. Well, you couldn't just, touch nothing. You couldn't take them apart. No. If you bumped it or something, it just started leaking. And, you know, it was, it, was, it was a bad situation, too. And I had a customer. It, they were so bad, we kept two or three in stock. Sure. So I had a customer said, why is this one here made out of metal and this one's made out of, out of pop metal? <laughs> I said, if they saved a nickel on every one of them that they bought. They saved hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly. That's the way they do it. And they get you out of warranty, then it's your problem. All right. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back. We'll do more. East End Towing wants you to know if you break down on the highway, they're the people to call. Because whatever your situation, they can handle it. That's at 501-888-8849. Again, 501-888-8849. Put their number in your cell phone. Just put it in under towing, all right, so that if you need them, you can call them. Call them and have them take your car, and don't depend upon the state police in getting you a tow truck. Use a tow truck a tow uh, company that you know they're going to take your car where you want your car taken. Again, 501-888-8849. They also remind you, you see those orange lights flashing, and they're on the side of the road helping a customer. If you'll move over to the far side of the highway, they'd appreciate it. Give them plenty of room to do their business. That's East End Towing. We're, We're talking about Texas, of course. That's on everybody. Dave's fault. That's on everybody's lips. Yeah, I got, I got, I got Joel riled up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Aiden has a 2003 Oldsmobile Alero. He says, "How do I get my gas tank unstuck? I'm changing the fuel pump on this car. I've got the gas tank straps unbolted. Everything is disconnected, and the gas tank will not budge." Barely moves half an inch anyway. What do I do? Well, I'm going to tell you, if he takes the straps off of it, the only thing holding a gas tank in there is that there's a mat that goes on top of that. It's insulation mat, and it's made out of a uh, rubbery tar substance. Sticky. Yeah, insulation. So it's just stuck. He just needs to have to work on it and pry it He's got to pry it back and forth and wiggle it, and then... It'll fall off on you and hurt you. He needs to to make sure all the fuel lines are undone and everything else, too. So. The other you thing you need to do is make sure there's not a hole in the floorboard for you to re- to change your fuel bump. pump. That some, some have that, right? Yeah, some do, but I don't that think they don't have. Either. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it is an Alero. Yeah. He, he just, <laughs> it's just stuck. It, it's 20 years old. Yeah. It, it's just stuck. And, you know, and it probably ain't never been down. And it may it may be a, from a, a northern state or something and covered with a bunch of rust and just rusted on the top and just embedded and 
I, I don't keep you know. wiggling and prying. It, it'll, it'll fall down on you. Yeah. Okay. Now I got a long question for you. Sure. But th- this is pretty interesting question when you look at it. This is from a 1997 Toyota Toyota Corolla, four cylinder, 1.6 liter. Those Corollas, the, the engine in those babies, did a good job. They really did. That was a tough little motor. Yeah. Nick is saying, I accidentally left my gas cap at a gas station. So then I went back but couldn't find it. Then my car stalled and died. My initial thought was that I had run out of gas and not realized it was because there was no fuel pressure with the gas cap missing. Once I got to the gas station, the car would not start again. The gas station was closed because of it being late at night. A stranger offered me a gallon of gas. The car would still not start after this, so I went home taking an Uber. I got back to the gas station with starter fluid and fuel injector cleaner. Several strangers tried to help me start it to no avail. Then I noticed it was leaking power steering fluid really badly. A stranger offered to tow me back to my house. I figured out it was getting fuel, but when I tested for spark, there was none. The car cranks really fast, and I cleaned the spark plugs and tried to clean out the flooded engine. I replaced spark plugs, wires, distributor cap less than a year ago what now question mark well i've underlined five words on this whole thing and me and duck concur what do those five words mean duck cranked really fast yeah it's jump time yep that's it he didn't put a timing belt in it and it broke the belt yeah and the reason it's leaking power steering fluid they've been pushing it around on this lot without it running if you turn the wheel it pushed the fluid out back out the reservoir okay yeah so but the crank really Easy fast is a dead giveaway. And just because he, he went back to the station, that ain't had nothing to do. When he turned it off, when he got out looking for his gas cap, that's mm-hmm. probably when it jumped time. When, that's, you when it stripped the belt. You hit the key again, and it jerks slack out of that belt, and boom, it jumps time, and then it's not running anymore. Okay. And right now, it's not firing because the camshaft's not turning. It so don't get question, no signal. My yeah. question what would be, has he put a new timing belt ever in this car? I'd say no. Probably not. And anyway. For sure, it needs one. There's and no a war pump. Yeah. yeah. All right, so keep that in mind. Just jump time. You can get it fixed. Won't be uh, Won't be a hard job. And the, and the good thing do. about that engine, it don't bend no valves when it jumps time. Oh, well, that's good. That's a non, you know, non-interference motor. No, that's That's excellent. All right, uh, 728, let's not get into another question right now because it just gives us two minutes to answer it. When we come back, we'll look at a 2010 Dodge Journey crew, six-cylinder, three-and-a-half-liter uh, three engine, and saying that their car, Betsy says, Bet Betsy won't start. A lot of people call their cars mm-hmm. Betsy, so just say Betsy says Betsy. All right, so we'll uh, we'll get back to the news here in just a moment. So while we got time, let's talk about bumper-to-bumper. And about what they do for us here uh, in the area. You guys need parts? They deliver them that day. Uh, they've done a really good job, even with all the supply chain issues that are going on. Oh, absolutely. Me and Duck hadn't really suffered a whole lot as far as lack of parts. Uh, they're a little bit harder to get, but this across the board. I don't care who you, who you're buying your parts from. You're not gonna. You might have to order something where, you know, three or four years ago you wouldn't have to. But that's just supply chain issues. And that's what I told one of my customers the other day. I said, you know, two years ago you could pick the phone up, and call down there, and, and, and tell them, hey, I need this and this. 
few minutes are here now they go well in filters right now is common is a problem to get yeah and that's because they can't get the paper can't get the paper from china well it's media is what they call the stuff yeah. inside the filter okay they don't say it's paper huh no it's media oh media yeah that's it's it. filter media okay but everybody calls it paper i do too because what it looks like most people don't understand what you're saying when you tell them media okay they now, think that you're talking about. But bumper to bumper does a great job of getting you yeah. those parts. They just and there oh, has yeah. been some of them that they can't get, but can't nobody else get neither. So, you know, they do a great job. You know, yeah, bumper to bumper is bumper to bumper. Mm-hmm. They've been in business 101 years, and that's one of the reasons why. News is a take back. Bill O'Reilly is up next, and then we'll come back with more with uh, Duck and Joe. Good to have you along for the ride. And uh, let's get to our next question. I lost my headphones, just so you know. Heidi, we all lost our headphones over here. She's there. Ooh. There we go. Wow. <laughs> I had to turn those babies up. I I haven't had those up since then. I got a DeVita like that. All right. mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Betsy has that 2010 Dodge Journey, six-cylinder, three-and-a-half-liter engine. While trying to leave the grocery store, my car wouldn't start up. When I go to the start the car, it makes a clicking sound, and that's all. All the other appliances in the car turn on. This has happened before. I'm waiting 15 to 30 minutes, and trying again usually solves the problem, but I had to, to luck, I had no luck this time around. Today, I was able to get the car back to my house, but when I tried starting again, it wouldn't start. After waiting an hour, it was still stuck. The battery isn't a problem. I believe it has something to do with the anti-theft system. I should mention that the key fob is very sensitive, and even a light touch of the finger will activate the button. It could be that I accidentally hit it too many times and set the system off. I'm not sure. I've tried all the tips I could for resetting the system, and none worked. Any bit of help would be appreciated. Thank you. Starter. Yeah, clicking noise. (laughs) It's yeah. not. It's not your key fob, babe. No, generally, if it's a security issue, it, it, it won't make any sound at no. all. And it's going to throw up on the dash and tell you too. Yeah, theft or say a security light's going to flash. And you know, messing with it, she might have got it confused or something. But just the clicking and once the starter. You know, when you have a bad starter, when it gets normal operating temp, the engine two hundred degrees. If it's weak and, and and just about to go out. When it's cold, it'll function. When it gets hot, all it's it, going to do is click. Yep, it won't. It's wore out. It's the brushes, right? Yeah. Uh, that or the armature, one of them. Could be the solenoid. Could be a little anything. Just put a starter on it, and you'll probably cure all your problems. Yep, I yeah. agree. All right. Christie's got a 2016 Kia Forte uh, SX, a four-cylinder, 1.6-liter engine. I got this 2016 Kia Forte that just reached 112,000 miles. Four-cylinder engine, automatic transmission. For about a month, my car has been bucking when I accelerate, most often around 30 to 40 miles per hour, worse on hills at that speed, and when I'm lower on fuel. It has definitely gotten worse in the past month. I tried some fuel injector treatments with little to no impact, took it to one shop, and they said something was wrong with my transmission and that my transmission fluid looked a little burnt. Took to another shop, told them I could put my car in all gears with no problems, was otherwise driving around normally, and no check engine light. After some time with my car, they said my throttle body needed replacement, 
and recommended replacement of the accelerator pedal as well and said my transmission was fine. I just had the work done, about 900 bucks, and my car is still jerking. It's somewhat better. The jerk happens less often, but will still jerk and fail to accelerate quickly. So, Joe, what do you think? Well, you know, the transmission <laughs> fluid being burnt, I'm thinking it's still a transmission issue. If you, And, you know, you can put it in all the gears and drive it, but yeah. when it's doing its own thing and it's supposed to be shifting automatically and you're cruising and you go to accelerate and go up a hill, that's when the biggest load is. And, and I, I, you know, without driving the vehicle, it's either that and, you know, the fact that it has no misfire codes in it tells me that the engine, uh, you know, probably ignition-wise is probably running good. What do you yeah. think? The only thing she said is, in you know, when it gets lower fuel, it does it worse. First thing I'd probably want to do is check fuel pressure. Sure. And just make sure you do have – because it can be three or four pounds lower fuel pressure. When you get it in a hard pull, it don't have enough volume to – Getting lean? Yeah, it starts leaning it down. But the fluid being burnt, you know – there are just some tests need to be done to cure the problem. All right. It, it's, it's repairable. You just got to do some testing. And Any idea why the, the people who fix this replace the accelerator paddle? Yeah, well, if you have a correlation issue between the APP, which is accelerator pedal position, which mm-hmm. is the piece inside that you push with your foot, yeah, and outside you got a tack module, throttle actuator control module, and on this got a TPS sensor. So there's three that are coordinating. They have so to you, talk to one another. They have to be in, in sync, and if they get out of sync, but generally it just reduces the engine power, and you have to shut it yeah. off, restart it to go again. So I can't answer that question unless they graphed it or something and found a little glitch in it. Yeah, that that would be the only thing I could think yeah. that they found a glitch or found a little dead spot in it or something or another. But I'd check the fuel pressure, then go from there before I done you know done spend a whole lot of money on it. Sometimes it's best to just start with the basic stuff. One, mechanically, is the engine all right? Two, the fuel pressure. Three, a, a code test and a road test. Sometimes we'll have two techs in there, one yep. driving, another one reading a scanner. Another looking at the scanners to and, catch the glitch. And you can even go over in the transmission side, and you can look at the solenoids in the transmission when they shift and what kind of pressures they have on them. But being the transmission fluid's burnt, that's not a good sign. No. And the fact that it does it when it's low on fuel is, like Duck says, it could be a fuel-related issue. Got two or three things to check here to find out. All right. Get it over to your bumper-to-bumper certified service center. Let them check it out. Tish has a 2009 Subaru Outback 2.5i Limited four-cylinder 2.5-liter uh, engine on it. So I got a couple of codes appear to for my fix finder report through AutoZone P0420 catalytic system efficiency below threshold bank one, and then I have a secondary DTCSP0102 mass or uh, volume airflow circuit low input and a P0113 intake air temperature sensor one circuit high input. Can someone explain what this code means and how much it's going to take to replace it? I also had a C0071 steering sensor signal freeze, C0054 BLS off malfunction, and C0042 power supply voltage low. What these codes mean and how much it would be to replace. Wow, you may have a lot of things wrong here as I'm listening to this. And it could be simple as a battery, Dave. Okay. 
we had a Dodge pickup in there yesterday, put a battery in it, cured all the – basically had some of the same codes, and it cured all the code problems. Well, low voltage will give you a lot of issues. Yeah. The one that I see it jumps out at me is the mass airflow. It's yeah. probably dirty. Probably got a hair attached to it or something. Because the the the, uh, the the code she has in there for the air intake temperature center, it's in the mass airflow. Flow center, yep. And anytime you set an engine code, you're going to set – you're going to turn off the what you would call the traction control Troll. or vehicle stability control. They, everybody's got a different name for it. Turns that off because it has set an engine code. So it's either low voltage, but low voltage can make all of these codes set because it's it's a, it's a five volt reference return on these sensors, and that's based on you having twelve volts. If you ain't got but nine, it's going to lower that voltage, and they're not going to read right. Yes. So in the in the PO four twenty, Dave, you know about Cadillac, you know, yep. and, you know, and it, it's possibility that it's all due to one problem, you know, and it's cascading through. Yeah, and and it's just it's shutting stuff off because it's trying to keep the voltage up. So you know, like I say, I check the battery, you know, and go from there. You, you're going to have to fix the. You're going to have. To, Test the charging system and the battery and fix that if there's an issue with it first. And then clear these out and go drive it and see what you got. But you, you've got to you've got to understand that all of these codes, and if it has a specific code, that code doesn't tell you what's wrong with it. It tells us where we need to be looking for the problem. And how many times, Joe, have you seen it? It'd be one code, the problem, and it'd have seven or eight, ten codes in there with it. That's correct. Because it started turning stuff off and it started throwing a glitch and everything else. We had a Dodge in there yesterday. The dash wouldn't work in it, Dave. A 2014 Dodge uh, three-quarter ton diesel pickup. The guy come in and said, hey, my dash has been working fine all at once. It don't work no more. That could be a problem. No. Put two batteries in it. Oh, really? Yep. Check the right the batteries battery. went bad, huh? The right battery was bad, and it had been running on one, and it finally drawed it down. And he, Tim, come in, and he said it needs two batteries. And Russell put two batteries in it. And the guy looked at Russell like, two batteries. This is going. Well, no, he knew it had two. He oh, said, okay. "This is going to fix my instrument cluster." Put two batteries in it. Everything come on went to working. Had enough and, power to run it. Well, the batteries was three years old. Instrument clusters today have got a lot of data and information processed through them. Security goes through them. All your dash controls, your driver information center, uh, your malfunction indicator lamps for everything. Everything's processed through that. So if you have low voltage, it's not going to work right. Sometimes to protect themselves, they'll just turn themselves off of the voltage. Not yeah, just keep from burning them up. So keep that in mind. All right, let's get our final break uh, for this segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. Joe and Duck are here. Don't take your question. All you got to do is call them, 501-823-0965. Let's find out about them Travs. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Let's continue on. We've got a few more questions here for you guys. In fact, they got a lot more questions. You want to do a, a Hyundai or you want to do a Mercedes-Benz? It don't matter, Dave. All right, let's do the Hyundai. Arthur's got a 2013 Hyundai Elantra. It's a four-cylinder, 1.8 liter. Approximately once a month, the car will not start. 
It's no power of any kind. Battery alternator have been checked numerous times and tested good. As soon as the battery is touched with jumpers, the car fires immediately. After removing the cables, can turn the engine off and it will restart with no problem. The car will start perfectly for approximately a month. Then the same procedure will take place. By the way, the engine is a four-cylinder, 1.8 liter. I couldn't get the engine to change in the header. Okay, so anyway, there you go. I don't know what that means. Me neither. It means at the top of the, where you put the topic. Ah. He couldn't couldn't put it in exactly correctly. Okay. okay. Probably needs to check the battery. Yeah, or a connection issue, you know. Crowded up underneath the cable. Uh, A lot of these new cables, they'll show clean on top until you pop them off. And then the post will be black looking and the cable inside is black looking, but. Then you get out that little silver thing and you twist it yeah, on there? Twist yeah. it, clean it. Just, just a connection issue, most likely. Um, and, you know, the, it, it it could have something drawing the battery down, like if it sets for a long time, like a parasitic draw. Yeah. But that could just be the battery itself. thing about batteries, you know, he I don't know if he's, he's had it checked or who checked it. But, you know, when we test one, we not only test the battery, we test the alternator and the starting system to see how many amp draw and everything's on that, don't we, Doug? Yeah, because, you know, you look at the battery and it'll tell you how many amps is, you know, is supposed to have in it. And, you know, then you set, you know, you set your checker by that number and then it, it'll draw test the battery and then, it, you know, it'll tell you right quick, you know, it's falling way below what it should be doing. And But by jumping the jumper cables on it and it starts right up... Yeah, I, I'm gonna lean more to it being a bad connection. Could be a bad battery, but yeah. And what it's doing when he hooks jumper case to it, it arcs. And then you know, then it goes again until it it loses it again. But you know, another thing you need to know is he driving it every day, mm-hmm. or is it sitting in the carport all month long? Or because these new cars have a nine volt draw on them, that's what keeps everything alive and waking and, and working. That happens. I got 2010. It does that for me because when I start my car, immediately when I look at the instrument cluster over on the battery, it's charging up. Mm-hmm. You know because it's been been drawn on it all night long. Yeah, and then as soon as it gets charged up, the alternator, the computer tells it, "Okay, I, I don't need very much now. Just back it off." And and, and that's why you see nowadays alternators run forever, don't they, Joe? Well, they do. A lot of them do because they're computer controlled. And and it doesn't actually charge all the time anymore. If you're driving down the road and you got the windows down and you ain't got nothing on in the car, the alternator probably doesn't put out anything until the battery requires it to be charged, and then the alternator will come on and charge it. If you had everything on in there, it would be charging more than if you had nothing on. And that's for a fuel economy, right, Doug? Yes. Because the less draw you got on there, that's why all these new cars have electric fans on them. Because a fan on the front of the engine draws like six or seven horsepower to pull it. Really? Yes. Oh, to have a belt on it. Yeah, to have the fan on the on the, you know on the fan. Right. Uh, have the fan bolted onto the motor, and that's why they went to the electric fans because they don't pull no no horsepower. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't lug the engine down as much. It turns you. That's why you have zero ten zero sixteen oil. Yeah. Less less friction in the engine because the oil is thinner and it's easier for the crankshaft to splash around in it. Keep that in mind. That's so my thing. wife, she was cafe standards. She was on the internet or on Facebook. I don't remember which one. I I don't mess with it. So, I don't, but showed this guy standing at his 
fuel thing, if you want your car to get 40 more miles per gallon, pour this uh, basically water in your fuel tank. And she looked at me and she said, is that true? I said, Teresa, don't you think if that was true, every car manufactured in the world would be pouring it in there so they can meet the EPA standards? I don't know why people don't think about that. Well, you have to understand, when your car was built, there was probably 150 to 200 guys running around in lab coats Yes, to determine how do we build this car to get the most fuel economy out of it we can. And I'm going to tell you, electrolysis and hydrogen gas does not work. It costs more to generate that than what you get out of it. So if anybody tries to sell you that and put it on your car, no, you're run. wasting your money. Yeah, and we've proven that. Yes. I mean, I had I had Duck put one of those devices on my car, supposedly produced hydrogen gas, and never, you know, it never worked. I've, I've let my car be I used still in got, all I still kinds got of my, experiments. I still got it. Oh, do you? It's in the box, and, and, and I've had a few people come ask me, hold on one minute. I'll be right back. Now, Here. Here's the instruction how to put it on, and here's a little – I still got the little tool to set it with. Yeah. We tried it. It don't work. You know, most of those get sold like that. There'll be a, a male ego thing. The male ego says, all right, I spent $500 on this. supposed to save me gas. And then he gets it on there, and then he goes out, and he drives his car a lot easier. He yep. doesn't speed. He takes off slower. Yep. So he's working the gas pedal less, and he's increased his fuel economy. But in the back of his head, he knows, well, I got it ripped off here, but I don't want nobody to know. <laughs> so then... Just to feel more comfortable about it, he brags about it to his buddies and convinces them to do it. And then he feels better because, hey, that got screwed, too, and I don't feel like I'm the lone ranger here. That's what happens, Dave. Exactly is what happens. It's just like additives. You know, that say that you you put this in and you're going to get better gas mileage because it makes your oil slicker. Yeah. You can't do that if you you put oil additive in. We've proven that wrong, too. In fact, I, I stopped advertising a product because I understand we didn't do it. Yep. All right. Keith has a 2001 Mercedes-Benz, an SLK 230 compressor, four-cylinder, 2.3 liter. AC temperature change is slow going from hot to cold. Got this 2001, and the AC switches from hot to cold very slowly. When it is on cold, it is very cold, and as I move it to hot, the temperature gets hot. Well, that makes sense. The problem is when I switch it back to cold, it will take a few minutes to get back to the cold temperature. I've cleaned the something valve, and I don't hear any clicking or thumping noises when changing the temperature. It is dual climate control, and it is occurring on both sides. It is slightly low on Freon, mm-hmm. and when you, if you have your AC on and you go over to full hot, it's going to turn hot real quick. The heat will always overcome the cold air. And then if you switch it back, as the doors move back, you actually, on, on 01 Merced, that's got a hot water valve on, it actually shuts off the water, hot water. going through the heater core. And as the heater core cools off, the AC will come back. If it doesn't happen as slow as he's talking about, I think it's moderately low on Freon, and the AC is really not performing. It's working hard to get it back to where it was at. That's correct. I like when it is on cold, it is very cold, and as I move it to hot, the temperature gets hot. 
No kidding. Yeah, and it and it just takes a while to cool the heater core back <laughs> off. I mean, seriously, but that's just stating the obvious. I mean, for goodness yep. sake. All right, yeah, we got three minutes. That's like this we'll pan. Stop there. Don't touch this pan because it's hot. Yeah, I mean that's that's funny. Turn on the burner. If there's a flame, it's hot. You know, just just no. All right. Anyway, that's all the time we got, guys. Okay. Good having Joe here. It's good having Duck. Duck, tell them where you're at. 1511 Airlane Drive, Benton, Arkansas, 501-778-2886. Talk to Russell or Blake or or Ashley, and they'll get you took care of. But I just want you to know if it's anything very big. You're going to be waiting. I'm two weeks out. All right. Let's talk to Joe. Joe, tell them where you're at. (laughs) Joe's Garage, 5601 Crystal Hill Road, North Little Rock, 501-753-4685. You call in. Talk to Stephanie or Cece, and they'll get you set up. And we're probably a week, week and a half out, so yeah. don't know what it is. Oil changes, we can schedule them. Yeah. You can wait on them. Stick, so. Yeah, you can squeak them in. Yeah, sure. small stuff, we run them on through, but big stuff, we're two weeks behind. All right. Sure. Well, thank you, Dave. You, anything, you guys doing any barbecuing this weekend? I don't. My wife got, ain't explained to me what we're doing yet. <laughs> I have company from out of town, from North Carolina, so I'm sure I'll be cooking and grilling something. All right. So your social coordinator hasn't I, let you know what's happening. I may slip by Joe's then since he's cooking. <laughs> it says he's do doing that. it. Okay. All right. Bottom line, they'll be back next Thursday. Ever have questions? You just send them to us. We dealt with one of those last week here on uh, the guys here from Joe and and Duck on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm done tomorrow, uh, and I will be out tomorrow and Monday, so I'm taking four days off over the holiday, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, Gina will be here from uh, Little Rock Tours, and we're going to talk about the uh, Patriot Tour that's coming up and a lot of other things that you can do this summer with your family. So stay tuned for that at 9 o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show. with you nine o'clock dave ellswick segment two on a thursday i will but i won't be here tomorrow all right remember i'm taking tomorrow off and i'm taking monday off so four-day holiday for me i'm looking forward to it you know once election ends i need a little time to decompress because how do you tell you we're running hard during election time so uh, i'll take off tomorrow and monday tomorrow my uh, daughter is coming over from Okmogi, 
uh, Oklahoma and bringing my grandson over. He's going to spend a couple of weeks with me, so I'm looking forward to that. And the big deal for him, and he's all excited, is June 10th. I'm taking him to the movies, and uh, he's a big dinosaur lover, so I'm taking him to see the, the new Jurassic Park movie, Dominion. Nice. Dominion. I love the Jurassic Park So we're going to do that. Tonight, though, I go see Tom Cruise as Maverick in Top Gun 2. And That's you know, Kelly McGillis is not in it. No, no. Have you seen Kelly McGillis? That's what they're saying. <laughs> she has not aged well. Well, you know, she's in North Carolina. I don't know the, the story. I read about it, and she said I'm not and she was like I'm not surprised they didn't invite me back but she didn't even get invited to the premiere of I know the she, new well, one. she she aged like Bridget Bardot have you ever seen Bridget Bardot <laughs> you know quote she was called the sex kitten back in the late 50s early 60s and she looks like a cat that was beat up got dumped in the bathtub and hung up to dry and but you have to admit <laughs> wouldn't it be fun though to have her back it would be such a mismatch yeah. in hollywood yeah. terms i agree to have her in the, and in the people are going to see how is this chemistry going to work i think that it would make an interesting twist to this well it's going to be interesting in that the love interest for tom cruise in Top Gun 2 is, of course, Connolly. She's mm-hmm. in it. Yes. But she's playing the uh, part of, remember when they're in the cafe in Top Gun and they're talking about, and, and Kelly McGillis, McGinnis comes in and she's talking to Meg Ryan. Yes. And she's talking about, yeah, you've really got his heart. He's in love with you. There's only one girl that he was ever been in love with, and it was the commander's daughter. I vaguely remember that. It's been so many years since it's I've seen It's the commander's daughter. That's who Connie oh, plays. Oh, okay. All right. So that's okay. going to be interesting. All right. uh, I want to see how they, they make that. And, of course, Goose got killed mm-hmm. in the original Gun. Mm-hmm. And his son is one of the jet, his jet pilots that okay. he's teaching. And there's some, there's some bad blood between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it wasn't uh, Maverick's fault that Goose got, you know, got killed. Mm-hmm. He hit the canopy and it killed him. But anyway. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting movie. I'm going to watch and have yeah. a fun time watching it. It's gotten great reviews. Well, I haven't been to a movie in a movie theater in a few years. Well, I now think. you can go. I know. It's clear. You can go, it's just so go easy. see Top Gun. Netflix nah, and Amazon. Top Gun is one of those movies you got to see on the big screen. I know. I, I mean, know. It's just so easy, though, anymore. I know, you I can agree. pause it. You don't have to pay $40 for popcorn. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm I mean, I do love watching it on the big screen. Oh, that Don't sound get me system? wrong. I can't even believe that. I really thousands of watts of sound. I love. I no, I love. I love it too. It's just so easy to okay. watch from the, the that, home theater. That voice is Gina. You know, Gina. <laughs> she's been part of my show for years. Years here on uh, the Dave Ellswick show. And we were just talking before we came on. Karen Fuller is back. Mm-hmm. At, uh, is it Channel 4? Channel 11, I Oh, think. 11, yeah. In well, that's okay. So she's back. I got to call her and get her on because uh, she used to come on all mm-hmm. the time when I was at a another radio station that will go unnamed. But, she uh, threw my baby shower when, when I had Presley. She, wow. She hosted my baby shower. And now Presley is almost out of college. So she, that's just... <laughs> she is a smart uh, woman, very articulate and a good reporter. Yeah. I mean, really, really mm-hmm. was. Went on to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and did good work up there. I'm just trying to think of some of the different uh, women that have been in broadcasting. It was her. Who was the one that um, went to Washington, went to Seattle? And, and Don Scott went to yeah, Seattle Dawn, for yeah, a little Dawn bit. Yeah, Don Scott. And then she had that bad thing happen to her yeah. with the naked guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ended back up here in, in Little Rock. And I was talking to you. Somebody out there call me, 823-0965, 501-823-0965. Who was the female uh, uh, anchor? I think it was Channel 16. Who was the, the guy was, and I can't think of his name right now either, was a was Mormon. Mm-hmm. And they... They didn't get along because she was kind of much more open-minded or whatever, uh, and he wasn't. And uh, but they they were good on the air. Mm-hmm. They were good on the air. But I heard that there was clashes behind the mm-hmm. scenes. But uh, yeah, that, and I can't think what her name is. If you can remember who that who was that person, because she moved on too. Mm-hmm. We have sent some very good mm-hmm. journalists up the uh, up the up the ladder yep. from this market. Yeah. You know, as far as that's concerned, Kate Sullivan. You know, she yeah. went. She went to New York, then Chicago. Now she's hosting a dining series on PBS. Oh, really? Did you know that? No, I did not. I did not. Yeah. If she got to work in Chicago, that's my home. Yeah. I, I worked at WMAQ for years, and I loved it up there. I still love it up there. I grew not to live. Okay, let's. I'll be honest here. I could. I could only imagine if I was doing talk in Chicago now with Lightfoot as mayor. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh my! You'd be, you would be canceled. Yes, I would be. I would. I'd, you wouldn't make it five would, minutes on the air. They would have lit my station on fire by now. Oh, just to yes. be honest. All right, get away from that. Okay. <laughs> I'm chasing a rabbit like I like to do. That's when people ask me what what's your t- your talk show all about, Dave, and I say it's like Jerry Seinfeld. It's like a. a it's a flow of con- it's a flow of consciousness. Yeah. We just start talking about whatever comes up, <laughs> and it's always fun to do it that way. And I like having Gina on because she's real good at that. Oh, Some people you. aren't good at that. You got It's got to be all. I, I won't name the person, but he had to be totally scripted. <laughs> if he wasn't scripted, he couldn't do it. It's just the way it was. But uh, yeah, and people with with TV background, it's really tough for them. Yeah, to do you radio. know, I loved radio more than TV. I loved it when I co-hosted radio. A little bit it, more freedom involved. Yes, it? it and it wasn't. You know, TV was a little more scripted. You have to turn in a script of what you're going to say if you don't know how. Or, I mean, sometimes. But I loved going live when it was like, oh, send live, and there's no script, and just start talking. That was yeah. my favorite thing to do, which is why I think I liked radio better than TV. Yeah, probably when so. I, got in it. I love radio. I really do. Uh, it's it's an, it's instead of a vocation, it's an avocation for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love it. I mean, I, to be honest, I could retire if I wanted to. I don't want to. No, it's fine. I like what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, why not keep doing what you love doing? Yep. I don't go to work any day I go to, that That's I go right. to work. I, I always really tell don't. my kids, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's true. It's very, you know, not... Now, there's some days you go to work, and it's work. I well, mean, that's you, true. you got to know it's just it's the way it is. All right, I asked Gina to come on because uh, we're filling up the first bus almost completely now for the uh, uh, the Patriot Tour, and I wanted to make sure that you knew about it and that you were aware of it because we just play you know commercials about it. It's not like we that I've been really talking about it on the air. 
So I wanted to spend some more time specifically talking about this trip because it's going to be a fantastic trip and the money is right and look you can get out and you can travel again and uh, and have a good time and meet great people yeah a lot of great people good people and you know i've had a lot of salt of the earth people they really are and i have and one of the most rewarding things is i often have folks who call and they say you know, I've lost my spouse. That's happened a lot here yeah. lately. And they say, I, I just, I've been stuck in the home. I've lost my spouse. We always used to travel together. And I just want to get out there again, but I don't really have anybody to travel with. This is the perfect opportunity for you because you're not traveling alone. You're traveling with a group of people on a motor coach. And they will embrace you. They do and you you'll you will leave with i mean it's just more than a it's i always like it, it's more than a vacation it is mm-hmm. it is lifelong friendships developing travel companions developing i've had folks who have lost i've had people meet and 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 the next thing i know when they're on the tour you know they're married yeah yeah that's happened <laughs> so that's happened as well but but the you know the so the true value really the the salt of the earth people who are on our trips and this is a theme tour uh, that Dave and I put together, and it's the Faith, Freedom, and Founding Fathers Tour, and it encompasses all of those things. All right. You keep your thoughts, and then we'll come back. We'll tell you all about it. You're going to want to be part of it, especially if you like to go up to Branson to Sight and Sound. We're going to go to Sight and Sound, but we're going to go to it in Pennsylvania, where it originated at, Sight and Sound. And we'll tell you the show that you're going to get to see, which is going to be uh, a year early from when you get to see it in Branson. So that's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show as we continue, uh, as I talk with uh, uh, with Gina here. And um, I'm thinking about, uh, let me talk to you about David Lucas. Because David Lucas, I threw away my paper so that you just know, Heidi. I threw away my paper that, that said the things I'm supposed to talk about. Uh, David Lucas Financial wants you to know that they can teach you how to invest in silver and gold. A lot of people are looking at that because of why? Inflation. Inflation is eating at your nest egg as we speak. It's making it less and less. One of my favorite memes I saw the other day was one of uh, President Biden saying the 87 cents stops here. Okay, you know, Truman had... The buck stops here. Well, it's only worth 87 cents now. So it's the 87 cents stops here uh, for Joe Biden. So how do you how do you renegotiate what you're saving so that you can protect it? Well, you might want to have some precious metals in your nest egg and they'll teach you how to do this because it's not just like buying uh, a stock or a bond or whatever. Uh, If you'll call them at 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. They're going to teach you what you need to know about buying silver and gold. And they uh, use one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. So learn how these precious metals could help you protect your assets for your, uh, your savings. 
501-222-3315. That's David Lucas Financial. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. We'd like you to, to give them a call and get yourself set up to go. Uh, because I'm going to tell you right now, as we get closer, it's going to sell completely out. Yes, no and it's filling up now. So uh, we're so excited about this trip. And if you're interested in going, we talked a little bit about it before the break. 501 Tour Bus is our phone number. And you can also book your deposit online. It's just $200 a person deposit. You can go to littlerocktours.com and look at the tour calendar. Just scroll down. You'll see the Faith, Freedom, and Founding Fathers Tour to Pennsylvania. And you can read in depth what it includes. And it's twelve ninety five per person and that is for an eight-day trip uh and we go to lancaster amish country philadelphia uh, we go to gettysburg we see sight and sound theater this show david right we're so excited about that but there's so many other inclusions in this uh we visit we there's something i don't know if we talked about it at any point on the show but there is a um uh Part of the faith portion of this is we go to the Bible Tabernacle, and it's a multimedia experience in Amish country. Yeah, we've mentioned it, but we've never talked about it. Right. So you join the Hebrew people on their journey with God and experiencing a full-scale reproduction of the tabernacle in the wilderness as described in Hebrew scriptures from the eastern gate of the courtyard to the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and there's a 35-minute multimedia presentation, and it immerses you back to the ancient world. And it's, now, this is Solomon's mm-hmm. temple, right? Yes. Okay. And a lot of churches love to visit this attraction in Amish country. So, you know, we, we there's just so many inclusions in this. It's hard to talk about all of them, but that is, um, we're going to be staying in, a, in an Amish-owned lodging facility with, you guessed it, Amish cooking. Yes. Lots of Amish cooking. It's good eating. And so this this whole package for twelve ninety five includes your all your lodging, your uh, tour of Gettysburg, the Bible Tabernacle experience. We tour an Amish farm. We go to Philadelphia. You'll see the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall. And then we also visit a museum called the Faith and Liberty Center. And the Faith and Liberty Center is something new. And it opened up in t- May of 2021. Just before the pandemic really got Yeah. Going. So, I mean, it's you haven't really heard much about it. But, boy, will you be impressed because it's brand new. It's 40,000 square feet. It costs $60 million. And the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center... It's actually owned and operated by the American Bible Society, and it focuses on the impact of the Bible on the men and women who build America, from the founders uh, through the abolitionists, uh, civil rights activists, and all the way to the present day. But it really talks about the Bible's impact on the founding of This is of our really country. important to me. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, it, a lot of people don't know me other than what they hear on the radio if you ever get a time to sit down and have dinner with me and things of that nature you'll find out faith is a very important part of my makeup mm-hmm. and in our public schools they have lied to our children 
in not telling them that Christianity had an integral part of forming this nation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love mm-hmm. doing these types of museums. So you can see it for yourself that, yeah, it really uh, – this is a Christian nation. Whether people want to uh, mm-hmm. admit it or not, it is a Christian nation. And it is. And we've forgotten about that. So many people yeah, have. have. And as you mentioned, the schools have. And so and, – and this is, I think, especially important if – because this is in the summer. If you homeschool – um, or if you don't think your school has done a good enough job of talking about Christianity and the founding of our country, this is the way to see it and feel it firsthand with the memorabilia, the exhibits. And this tour encompasses all of that with faith, freedom, and founding fathers, which why we think the theme of this tour, um, you know, really um, will... <laughs> hit home to yeah, a lot of folks because so. it's it's been forgotten yeah and i i agree wholeheartedly i mean you always hear that old the whole thing about the separation of church and state and uh, they they say look at president jefferson was so big about that well you need to learn about your history a little bit let me just say this about jefferson great president one of my favorite presidents in fact right after washington uh, but uh, something that a lot of people do not know, uh, this whole separation of church and state, uh, Jefferson was concerned that there were a lot of illiterate people in the United States at that time. So he wanted them to learn to read. So he sent books to the uh, uh, the schools mm-hmm. at the time. You know what book that he sent he sent it to? The Bible. Oh. That's where he wanted them to learn how to read was out of the Bible. That's Great. So much for that. Everybody thinks that Jefferson was anti-religious in her hand. Not true. It is not true. Uh, he was a big purveyor of the church in America. Just just know that. And I won't get into the whole Danbury Baptist letter and all of that about the separation of church and state. But just to say that our founders knew how important faith was. And uh, I think it was, uh, it was it was one of the Adamses that made the statement that uh, America would be a great nation as long as America was, you know, basically a, a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. So anyway, enough enough of me pinificating here <laughs> and doing my show. But this is the reason that we do our Patriot Tours. Because there's so much that's moving away from that. Yes. It's important to bring that back yep. and remind everybody. I don't think your listeners need reminded so much. No, but, they know. But... But if they have family members or you kids, kids or grandkids and, and they you think they need a, a what lesson. Age? What age would you say we oh, could start taking I think, kids? I think 10 and up. Um, but I also really think between 12 and 15 um, is a good target age. But middle again, schoolers. Yeah, middle school. But high school, too. You yeah. know, I would not discount. High they'll, school. They'll, they'll have a great time. I'm just telling you, they will have a great time. Yeah, so it is incorporating these lessons, but so much fun because uh, there's just so many other fun things that we're getting to do on this. Um, 
you know, you know, you mentioned the show at Sight and Sound Theater. We're we're actually doing the so you know, if you like history, we are doing the tour of the Gettysburg Military Park. Oh, that's going to be awesome! Yeah. And it's like the diorama experience when you're just in 360. You're you feel like you're on the battlefield in this multimedia um, experience with that. And something else uh, that we visit is Harper's Ferry National Park. Yeah, that's I'm so that's a bonus to. national park that you're. Getting to see on this trip, and a lot of folks are like, "Well, I don't, you know, do you, if you've never been on a motor coach, people are often thinking, well, are we in a bus all the way from Little Rock to Pennsylvania?" No. Yes, we we want we <laughs> we want you not to be able to feel anything in your buttock for the next two weeks. Stay stay with us. We'll tell you that's not the way it works. All right, but what we need to do is take a break and get some news in. Gina's here from Little Rock Tours. The Patriot Tour is coming up in July. We'll tell you when. Okay, back. Uh, Gina is here in the studio with me. We're talking about the uh, Patriot Tour that's coming up in July. What day are we leaving? What day are we coming back? And what time are we leaving on the day we're leaving? We leave on July the 23rd at 9 a.m. We depart from Little Rock, Little Rock Tours. And, um, and you go and you'll have a person who is standing behind a gated fence and they will direct you where to park. You park for free. You, it's nothing like leaving from the airport um, no. <laughs> at all. There's not, there's not that kind of stress. You don't have to wear a mask either. No, there's no, no mask requirement. <laughs> um, and, and you will be checked on the bus, throw your luggage under there. And you don't have to get there an hour beforehand. And, you know, all the seating starts over every day. So it's not like that's going to be your assigned seat. Although a lot of people migrate back to the same seat because they like it. Uh, But we leave on the 23rd. It is an eight-day trip, seven nights. So um, you'll be gone seven nights. And as we journey to... Pennsylvania, we stop along the way, we spend the night, we have dinners, we see attractions. So we're not just on on the motor coach from here to Pennsylvania. We stop no. and do fun things along the way. And we Dave's on the bus. We wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> I just promise. I will have I'm I'm looking now on the History Channel website and on I think I'm I'm going to go to PBS and buy their excellent series they just did about Benjamin Franklin. Oh yeah, and, oh, we, and show that thing. on the bus. Yeah, we show the most compelling um, videos, uh, sometimes movies, documentaries on the attractions that you're about to visit. It kind of gets you excited about the the destination before you arrive. Um, and so uh, maybe we should show that Ted Turner movie Gettysburg. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a great movie. We usually brainstorm. We're like, yeah. what can we show on this one? Yeah. We've got we've got one leaving this weekend. Um, it's too late to get on it, but it's a Mississippi River cruise. It's called the Lewis and Clark uh, River oh, Expedition. Like and so uh, we're showing all kinds of fun things on that one. We were brainstorming and putting that one together. And that's, I think that might be one we're going to offer every year because it, it's really good. Um, but... Uh, but we do. We brainstorm, and we have the documentaries. We have tri- trip trivia. We do. We play so many fun games and give out prizes. We give out T-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, gift certificates, and it's kind of fun because little do you know, as you're riding, you're like, wait a minute, we're already there. It's, yeah. It doesn't feel like you're in a road trip 
like you would feel in a car, like, oh my gosh, it's taking forever to get there. Because you are entertained along the way. You're talking to people. You're meeting people. Every every seat has an electrical outlet. So if you want to charge your phone or be on your laptop, things that you would just be doing sitting in your house, you can do as you're traveling. And or sleep. I do a lot of that. <laughs> nice sleep yes so you can sleep a lot of folks will buy those noise canceling headsets so they can kind of black out uh any noise and just sleep along the way take your pillow and blanket you can bring a little cooler with food and drinks and snacks just like you would if you were riding in your car so it's it's a it's a fun way to travel meeting new people learning along the way and just just a good time and and on these particular tours what we call the patriots tours they're fun because um dave and his wife travel along with us and people get to know you on a on a much better level than just yeah, a listener we, we, you know we sit down and talk and you learn things about me, and I'll learn things about you. And just you've met e- some of your best friends I have. on these Just bus don't tours. expect me to remember everybody's name on the yeah. bus. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It is. But I'll know you by face. I, yeah. I see people when I'm over in Hot Springs at the time, because we get a lot of people from Hot Springs Village, mm-hmm. and I'll, be, I'll go over to the track just, mm-hmm. just to watch the horses run. And I'll run into people. Mm-hmm. Dave! Dave, yeah, I was fun. on the Patriots yeah. tour with you to yeah. Washington, D.C. back yeah. in yeah. 2000. And wow, that's been a while. I know. we got to go to D.C. We again. do. Maybe next year. They've been very difficult for bus. They, they're they're being difficult. D.C. being difficult. Yeah, well, How, what, the what Democrats are in control. That's why. <laughs> so anyway, well, yeah, it might be different next year because... I'm hoping that the Republicans will be in control of the House and Senate. Well, we'll revisit the uh, Washington, D.C. trip. Yeah, we need to because uh, we typically can get the senators and the congressmen uh, because yes, we do a very a special. Yeah. It's not just a regular tourist going to D.C. When when we do this with with Dave, we have um, relationships with a lot of folks and you're, you get really special. I know a tourists. lot of people. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And they come out of the woodwork when we do our D.C. tours. Yeah, so maybe we'll get some of those people to, to come I think that's uh, a great idea. And, and, and talk. Maybe we can get Steve Scalise to come by. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. He might come over, so that'd be fun. All right, so July 23rd, it starts. When does it end? Well, Is it, it August 1st? Uh, seven nights, so... 30? 31st, I 31st? think. 31st? Yes. Okay. Um, and so it is $12.95 per person based on double occupancy. And you get a lot with that. Uh, that includes your round trip motor coach transportation and your motor coach transportation throughout the tour. Uh, all of your admissions to everything your tour of Gettysburg, Harper's Ferry National Park. The exciting show to see David at the Sight and Sound Theater. You get 12 meals as well. You visit the Mennonite Center, the Bible Tabernacle Experience, the Amish Tour and Experience, all in Amish country. Uh, We go to Philadelphia, where you'll also visit the Faith and Discovery Center. 
Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell. That $12.95 also includes all of your taxes and booking fees. It's We tell you everything up front because a lot of a lot of travel companies, I'll tell you, they advertise one thing and they make it sound. And then when you get to check out additions, 500 additions on there. And you're like, wait a minute, it's twice the cost of what it's advertised. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. So I really made sure that the price that you see when you check out, that's the price that that you're going to pay. It should be. You should be hit with a bunch of taxes special and stuff. You get all fired up, you're ready to go, and then all of a sudden, uh, taxes and convenience whatever. fees. And I can't tell you how many how many fees they disguise in the name. I'm like convenience fee. Yeah, <laughs> I got hit with a convenience fee the other day. I'm like sixteen ninety five convenience for what booking the product <laughs> yeah that i came and spent my money with you yeah i'm like see how hmm. convenient we are yeah so <laughs> anyway it's 12.95 and that's uh that's your meals your lodging your transportation all those attractions we've been talking about plus lots of fun with dave ellswick on the motor coach let me tell you uh if you've never been to philadelphia it is I know, I know most people say, it's East Coast, Dave. Yeah, it is. But believe it or not, most of the original colonies of the United States are on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. All right? I mean, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what was in the water. I don't know what was in the air that they became the way that they are. But they still have all those historical sites. And to get to go to Constitution Hall, this is a place that I've been to Philadelphia four times, and I never get tired Mm -hmm. of going to Constitution Hall. You go in there, you're going to hear all the stories about it. You've seen the pictures. You've Mm -hmm. watched 1776, the musical. I mean, you've seen all of that stuff. But to stand there in front of those desks, and it's set up exactly the way it was when they were there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's nails in the windows or not where Franklin nailed the window shut because they... He, he wanted them to make up their mind about all of the different amendments they were dealing with and stuff. But I get chills every time that I'm there. It is. It is because it's, an it's, awesome it's thing the to way see. that it was back then. And speaking of Franklin, if you've, as you know, in Philadelphia, like within a stone's throw, just a couple blocks yeah, away, Ben Franklin's grave. grave is sitting there. Yeah. So and that's right by the church that you can go in. Betsy Ross's house is not that right far there. away. Everything is right there. So just having that day in Philadelphia kind of really is a, is a highlight on this trip to see all of that. And if you were to try to do this let me just tell you if you were driving in your car at however much a gallon that you would be paying for fuel and you try to get to philadelphia to see all this stuff and you pay to park and you can't get a parking spot close close so it really is the most convenient efficient easy way to see this very important historical city you know just that is so crucial to the founding of our country what will blow you away is you go there and you're walking through the pictures and everything that they have is they got a nice setup there i don't know if they call it independence park or mm-hmm. what it's called but you get to the end of it and there's the liberty bell liberty just bell. sitting right mm-hmm. out in the, you can put your hand on it mm-hmm. it's amazing really is it's amazing i i get into the the, go to the church where franklin and and washington and adams and all of them went you and the original brick floor is there and you you're walking on it you go the founders walked here i know 
I guess I get excited about but that. What would they be thinking today? Dave? Oh Lord, don't even get me started <laughs> on that. All right, I wonder if I could bring them all back and set them in front that of the That would make a really form. good movie. That would be a Wouldn't good movie. It? Yeah. All yeah. you filmmakers out there, that's a good premise for a movie. Bring you, the founders back. I'll talk to Mark Pellegrini and to Tim Lim, and I'll talk to them about maybe we should sit down and try to flesh out a, a, a film script about oh. that. That would be great. <laughs> Be really be good. So good. It'd get crazy, I'll tell you that much. Hey, East End Towing wants you to know they'll take good care of you if you break down on the side of the highway. You know, no matter the situation, what situation is there, Dave? I'm, I'm broke down on the side of the highway. Yeah, but what if you're pulling your boat? What if you're driving your camper? What if you're pulling a camper? What do you do but the camper? What happens if the camper has a flat tire? I mean, East End Towing can handle all of that because they understand what they need to do to get those things taken care of. All you got to do is call them, 501-888-8849. And they also want you to remember, if you're driving down the road and you see flashing yellow orangish colored lights that's tow truck taking care of business moving the far lane and give them room to do their business i found out from joe and duck today that if you don't police officer sees you do that and they don't move over five hundred dollar fine all right so i'll give you i'll give you some more reason to move over but be careful out there and move over for the guys that are taking care of things uh, uh place of emergencies that's east end towing Got my painting. It's up in my my office. I was talking our last Washington, D.C. trip we went to. I have a friend that uh, uh, his goal was to put in every state capital the uh, the old portrait of uh, George Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had him come and talk about the battle that he was having to try to get the picture of the father of our country in state capitals it was amazing i had you'll remember on my show you all gave money to put the picture of george washington in the high schools here in little rock mm-hmm. and you remember the problems we had they like want to put it in a closet or something they didn't want to put it up it's just that's, amazing it's crazy it is it's me i got that picture it's up in my it's up in my uh my office that's my favorite president george washington they want him to be king he says we just got away from having a king <laughs> I think I'll go back to Mount Vernon. Good man. He's a great man. He really, really was. All right, 950 Gina's here at Little Rock Tours. I'm going to have her run through all of this one more time from the beginning. And, uh, and then as you get to these different things that we're going to visit, if you want to you know, take a little bit of time and expound, go right ahead. But call today, uh, 1-800-TOUR-BUS. One eight hundred five zero one tour bus five zero one tour bus. All right, and you can or littlerocktours dot com. You can you can book online and reserve your spot today, and you can or you can call five zero one tour bus, and someone will answer and explain more if you have any additional questions. It's but all yours. But we leave on July twenty third nine a.m. We depart from Little Rock. It is an eight day seven night tour. Faith, freedom, and founding fathers. We've been talking about it all this past hour, but if you're just tuning in, uh, we'd love to have you on the bus with Dave, and um, it's always a good time. 
it includes for twelve ninety five. It includes all of your lodging, your transportation from Little Rock in a motor coach, all of your admissions throughout this whole week, including your tour of Gettysburg and the diorama at the visitor center. We also go to another national park, Harper's Ferry National Park. It's in West Virginia, an amazing historic park. We go to Pennsylvania Amish country for a few nights. There we see the original site and sound theater and we'll see the show David. Uh, and it, it won't be in Branson until um, after it wraps up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Twelve meals are also included in this price. And then some other things that you'll do in Pennsylvania Amish country, the Mennonite Center, the Bible Tabernacle Experience, an Amish tour, an Amish experience. And then we'll continue our journey east. It's not far from Lancaster. Is Philadelphia when you're really talking about the Founding Fathers portion of this tour, where we visit Independence Hall, you'll see the Liberty Bell, and you'll get to experience this brand new Faith and Discovery Center, which talks about the Bible and its impact on the Founding Fathers and the shaping of America with um, 40,000 square feet of exhibits and artifacts that will mesmerize you. And this is a brand new center and it opened during the pandemic so you haven't heard much about it but we take you there also included in the 1295 of course all your taxes and booking fees and whatnot if we have a meal that's included as i mentioned the 12 meals your gratuities are included in those meals and as we travel to and from and along the way getting to pennsylvania we stop we overnight we have so much fun along the way we play trivia We show documentaries. We give away prizes. And, of course, you get to talk to your favorite radio host, Dave Ellswick. I'll be here. I'll be there. I I won't miss it. And Luscious Linda's coming along. Luscious Linda. I miss her. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, she'll be there. She's looking forward to going as well. By the way, Harper's Ferry National Historical Park is 3,500 acres. Mm -hmm. It's big. And, a and lot they have of they have see. a shuttle there, like it's it's a shuttle where you can go visit the park throughout. And we're actually staying in Harper's Ferry, so one of our nights to and from is actually in Harper's Ferry when we, um, you know, leave Philadelphia. That's our next overnight. Yeah, let me just read a little bit about Harper's Ferry because you get to experience John Brown's raid, mm-hmm. uh, which was the flashpoint that ignited the Civil War. Uh, Find your story in the struggle for freedom, education, and civil rights at Storer College, which is right there. And it's in one of the most beautiful areas of the country. It's right there in the Blue Ridge Oh, it's so beautiful. It is. It's 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 very, Surrounded by the rolling hills. And And the two rivers that were right there, Mm -hmm. the Potomac Mm -hmm. and the Shenandoah River. Mm -hmm. If you're, any, if you're a person who likes Civil War stuff, mm-hmm. Shenandoah River plays an integral part yep. of the Civil War story. Yes, so, so much history in, in everything. Gettysburg. That's what it's all about it on is. the Dave Elfin Patriot Tour. <laughs> it's all about the history. It's all about the get the facts. Don't read somebody's blog and think that you're getting the facts. And somebody writing a book about 1619, that ain't the facts, folks. You can go actually see all the things you've heard about, perhaps, if you're a baby boomer, you heard about the facts uh, of, of Harper's Ferry and everything, you'll get to be there. 
Mm-hmm. That's what's cool. Mm-hmm. It is so. I'm big history nut. I really, really am. That's why I do what I do on talk radio, and that's why I do the Patriot tours. I really do. You need to know about your country. Mm-hmm. Learn about your country, yeah. and you get a chance to do this. If you are a homeschooler, seriously, this is the trip to take kid on. It really is, and I would even go so far. If you're not, a, if your kids are in school right now, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, that what they're learning is what, really the truth. You really take them there. You talk about the 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 ultimate field trip where you're getting a lot to see and do and experience. Uh, they remember this stuff if they're there, and and yes, you can take um, you can take. I wouldn't say take babies, but you know, take your middle schooler, your high schooler. Um, on this trip and and show them the the impact Christianity had on the founding of our country. Yeah, it says you you want to do this. I'm just telling you. And like I said, we're we're half filled on the first bus. In fact, maybe a little over. But the bottom line is, you need to get on the the horn today. That's the phone and uh, talk to them and get set up or go to the website and get set up yep. for this littlerocktours.com and all you got to do is pay your deposit it's just a $200 per person deposit you can pay that online at littlerocktours.com and do, you'll do sign you up do you set up a thing where they can pay a little bit yeah. every couple of oh, weeks we, or yeah they can pay their deposit and then call in and make another payment um, you know when they're ready to if they want to pay in full they can call the office today and pay in full if you want to do that as well operators are on duty <laughs> they are <laughs> operators are standing I've by. always wanted to say that they I've are. never got a chance to say that so we'd love to have you and um, we're excited about this trip let me tell you Little Rock Tours is the bomb they are great I've been doing this for years with them they go out of their way to make this the most enjoyable experience that you can have, uh, to go and see a lot of things that in any other way you would not get to see. Mm-hmm. We try. We try I mean, to tru- make truly, special surprises. We want to make it special. We really do. And by the way, yes, Gina and I during the break have been talking about Washington, D.C. for next year. So just <laughs> I'll give you the heads up. We won't go the year after because that's election year. That yeah. We just won't be there for that. But maybe next year. And uh, if that happens, I'll start talking later in the fall about that. You know, we want you to go. Sounds good. It's going to be fun. We're out of time. Gina, we'll have you back on a few more times before we go. But I just, this whole tabernacle experience, I'm going to go look that up. I you wanna, need to. I want to read You'll all about really that. You'll get really excited about it. I mean, to be able to see a replica of Solomon's Temple, that's pretty cool. It is. I like that. Of course, the Ark of the Covenant and all the rest mm-hmm. of it uh, as well. All right. With that said, i got to get out of here. I'll see you again on Tuesday at uh, 6 a.m. You have a great Memorial Day weekend. And remember to take some time with your children and remember. And teach them that their freedom didn't come free. A lot of people have given their everything for what they have in the great land of the United States of America. Have a great one. Talk to you later. Restart.
star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.